How's it going, everyone? This is Jason Navarro. You're listening to Tongues Out Podcast, and let's finish our conversation about whether we are alone in this universe or not. And so today is actually going to be fairly simple compared to like all the other Sundays that I've done. Like I've had guests on. If I couldn't have a guest on, it would just be me. And again, with a topic like this, there wasn't anyone I could find that was really comfortable in sharing their uh, thoughts on life outside of this planet. So ultimately, I kind of want to just share uh, like where my my interest in the whole idea started from. And so I've always been really into space like for, I mean, since I was, I don't know, probably nine years old. But my mom uh, bought me for Christmas one time. She bought me a telescope. I think I was, how old was I? I think I was 11 years old when she did. Yeah, I had to be 11 years old because uh, the house that we lived in was only, we only lived there for about a year before we moved into like the the family home that I ended up growing up in. But um, I know she bought it for me and um, like when I had a telescope, it like really changed my interest in in space and really also challenged the idea of, of like what earth is and and what it means and, and ultimately what its place is in this universe. Because I started to use this telescope to look at like, first of course, everyone looks at the moon first. And so I looked at the moon and I was so amazed by it. And then I started looking at like other things. I looked at like uh, Jupiter and um, I looked at like Saturn and I could see like the things you would see in books. I mean, obviously not as good of a detail. The, the telescope I had was a, a fairly good de- telescope, um, it was cool because it got me interested in like changing lenses. There was like different lenses I had to change. It wasn't like one of those, uh, super expensive ones, the electronic ones that you can pretty much uh, program to like point directly at the the target that you wanted to look at. And then you just look at the viewfinder. Um, this like literally you had to like pull out the lenses and it was, it was really awesome. I, I loved it so much. It was like one of my favorite things that I, 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 I mean, I think, if I'm not wrong, I still think it's in my family home in the attic somewhere. I need to whip that thing out next time I go visit my family after all, this whole pandemic's over. But, um, yeah, it was just super awesome to look into space. So I would, and where we grew up, we grew up on the beach, uh, not too, like literally right on, on the coast. And I remember taking my telescope and I would occasionally just look at random things. I would just look at random things in the sky I would look at like stars. I mean, stars are so far away. You can't really see any detail, but you know, you would just look around and late at night during that time period, this was like, I was 11. So this is 22 years ago when that is 87, 97, 98, 1998. Wow. I'm dating myself, but you know, during that time period, there wasn't a lot of like uh, lights and, and it was just like, you know, during the night you could still see like a lot of stars out in the sky and especially living off the beach, it was like really nice as well. And I remember one day it was me and my, uh, my stepbrother, Anthony, and we were looking through uh, the telescope, me and him would just occasionally just go back and forth, just like looking at different things. And I remember looking at the telescope and I looked at this guy off the coast. Uh, this is in Florida, by the way. And uh, I'm looking at the telescope and I like I see this like fiery looking object again I'm, I'm 11 years old i don't know what this is 
Um, I just know that it's different. I know it's not an airplane. I know it's not like a helicopter or, or something of that nature. It's not a bow because it's up in the sky. And so, and you know, at this point you've heard stories of aliens, like as a joke, there's like, you know, different aliens and like cartoon shows and things of that nature. But like the whole idea of life outside of our planet was kind of like a pretty far-fetched idea. Um, but I remember just seeing like this thing that just looked like it was just on fire, like on fire, spherical shaped. Um, it's so crazy. I can still vividly remember this and like, I'm tracking it with my telescope, but it's moving, which lets me know it wasn't like a star or like a planet or like something else. It was just like literally something that was moving and it was out of focus too. So I remember I had to, I told, I think I told Anthony that uh, like, Hey, go grab like the lens inside the house. Cause I, we didn't have it. Like I had a tray around the, the telescope that would hold different lenses, but it was like your favorite lenses. It wouldn't hold all the different lenses, but like this thing was close enough. It wasn't close. It was like distant, but it didn't require a super ma- uh, magnification. Like I had on that telescope at the time. So I'll make sure I'm like tracking it, but it's like really hard because like as you zoom in into, into something, even like you could do this with your cell phone, if you zoom in into, uh, or like with a camera or anything, if you zoom in, things that are in motion are a lot harder to track because like, every, but you know, because you have to realize that you're zoomed in. So like you have to do minute movements to really track that same object. Cause if you try to track it in the same plane, like you, you see a move to the right pretty quickly. If you move that quickly, it's going to, you're going to be so out of focus. You're just, you're going to be looking at something completely else. Um, but I did a good job maintaining like keeping track of it. And then like, we were trying to find like a different lenses and I remember this like object stay still for just a second. And so we were able to like put in a proper lens and I would look at it and all I can remember, and that's where the, the fiery image came from, was just this thing that was on fire. Like I said, it was like a spherical thing. Looked like a meteor that was like suspended in the air, but like that had, a, it was like a ball of flame, but I had a, like a, uh, it didn't have like a, a contrail behind it. It didn't have like, it didn't look like the fire was pulling away in a certain direction. It was just like a ball of fire. And I remember like, Hey Anthony, like we were like looking at it. We were super excited. And then all of a sudden, like this thing just like disappeared. It just like, like boom, like it looked like it just flew away. And I remember I was like tracking at the time, but it was gone. There was like, I looked up in the sky. It was really hard to see with our naked eye. Just like this object was pretty distant. Like, uh, like way out into the Atlantic. Um, but like our, our, we picked it up on the telescope and it, um, ultimately it was like, it, it was weird because like, it just like it accelerated out of our, our viewpoint and like we lost it. We, I remember telling our parents, but they just like thought it was like something crazy. Maybe it was like a meteor that we saw or, and, and no one really believed it. And it was from that point forward that I really started to think of the idea of like travelers from another, another planet. Like were those aliens? Like, did I see an alien spaceship? That would have been so cool. Lo and behold, um, as you find out, as you get older, that there's like a bigger conspiracy of the idea that like starting with Roswell, New Mexico and, uh, and a supposed crash, like alien craft crash there that you start to learn of these like different, Program Area 51, 
government conspiracy programs, Project Blue Book. And you start to le- learn a lot about just like different things that are have some legitimacy and and like the 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 construct of the of the idea and you just get more immersed and so as i got older i started to believe more in like what i had seen and and it, it was it's to the, like i said to this day it's always a vivid memory of just like what i saw um and as as we continue like learning about you know these different things that are constantly flying over us and what they are, what they could possibly be. Are they, um, are they alien? Are they not? Are they like a extra dimensional beings? Are they like, there's so many different theories as to what these things are that we're seeing. And there's so much of a conversation, some fake, some like not true. Um, I mean, I, I, like I said, I told my parents that day and, you know, when you're 11 years old and you just, you have a telescope, they're not looking at the objects. They, I mean, how could they believe what you see? And never, I never saw it again. I never saw any instance of something like that. Um, and I would look, I would look and then I kind of grew out of it. I remember growing out of my telescope because like, that was like the coolest thing I saw. I could just never see anything as cool as that. And so I just grew up, grew out of it and, you know, I would occasionally whip it out once in a while and just see if I could find something crazy weird, but no, never. But the cool story is, is that, um, through that ATIP program and those three videos that I talked about, the Pentagon videos that got released by the news stations of different sightings by the military personnel, two out of those three videos, two of the three are videos taking off the east coast of objects from the east coast and i don't know because i just again these things that are reported off the east coast are like what the military has described and uh, there's it is described in such a way that a lot of uh, airmen claim that they know they've known of like these things out off the east coast for a while and there's um been multiple sightings and, and very similar of 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 subject of what the object is but essentially it's a it's it's a it's a cube construct it's like a it's like a cube but within a spherical they some people call it uh like a force field some people call it like a, a time dilated space it's just something that distorts the uh, the area around it but it's essentially it's a cube with a sphere around it and I wonder if the thing that I had saw was this, like one of these spherical things, um, maybe as it entered our atmosphere and, you know, when you enter an atmosphere, you get pretty warm, you get hot. I don't know what had hot happened, but it caused this thing that to be fiery red or like have fire around it and then just like disappear pretty quickly. But it was just, it was funny that it happened off the East Coast as well. And so it's just weird that we're surrounded on both our coasts, on the West Coast and on the East Coast, with objects that just like to hang out by the water. And that's something I never really talked about as well, because there have been a lot of sightings over land, tons of sightings, but a lot of the sightings that are done over land are done off of coastal areas. California, Nevada, Arizona. I mean, we're really, we're not on the coast, but we're fairly close relative, like compared to like, I don't know, like Idaho, Iowa. 
there is some argument to be made that the population, the vast portion of the population in the U.S. is on the coast. So you're probably going to get a lot more reportings from there. But um, it makes you wonder if there's things under our water. It makes you wonder, like, if in the movie, um, the Steven Spielberg movie with Tom Cruise, War the, War the Worlds, where essentially aliens a long time ago, like, put uh, machines. Is it War Machines? I can't remember what it is. Um, but they put machines deep underground, and they 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 wait thousands of years and then eventually they come visit earth not to visit but to harvest the resources on this planet and the way they they get into these machines is that they teleport themselves from space into the machines underground and then the machines come out of the ground and then they start you know killing people and then the cool thing is that the thing that actually spoiler alert the thing that kills the aliens isn't our technology isn't our weapons we're we're losing the battle we're we're losing there's no hope Nothing is working against them until um, at the very end of the movie, Tom Cruise notices like there's these birds because these things have like force fields around them. So that's why like nothing's working against them. But Tom Cruise realizes that there's like birds somehow landed on top of like one of these machines when it shouldn't be like those birds shouldn't be able to do that because there would be a force field around it. And essentially, um, Tom Cruise like like brings it up and then like the military shoots like rockets at, at that device, like at the machine, and it actually hits the machine. There's no force field. And they end up finding out that our viruses, the things that we have been immune to for such a long time, uh, foreign species weren't didn't have an immunity to these things. And so the viruses and bacteria on our planet actually end up infecting these aliens and weakening them, allowing us to essentially you know, win the battle and eliminate the alien species. It never really goes into the the life after like invasion and like what humans do after the fact, but it makes you wonder if like there are things embedded in our oceans deep, deep in the water. It's like, we'll never, they say like the very depths of the ocean, like near the Marianas trench, for instance, like if you were to somehow teleport to that very bottom of that ocean, you would die a very similar death as if you were in space. And so, because the pressure is just so insane, it's just ridiculous. You would just die in a, in, a, in a millisecond. You would be crushed to a decisive a pee because of all that water pressure above you. And so it makes you wonder because we'll, we'll never be able to like go that deep into the ocean if there are things, maybe civilizations of aliens on our planet deep in that water where they've been able to live because they've already dealt with living in space possibly and, and they're down there and maybe they're experimenting with life. And like they, th- through their experimentation, they have created life and they're just sitting there just pumping out life and it just like seeps through the ocean and you would never know. You would think that it's just geothermal activity in the ocean. There's, I mean, plenty of vents all underwater and so you wouldn't be able to detect like the heat source and you wouldn't be able to detect, detect the sound waves as well because they don't propagate that, that deep. I don't know. And then it makes you wonder like if maybe at night they just, they know it's like the, the best time for them to leave. And so they, they are able to, if they, with technology like they have, 
that's different than our propulsion systems. Like we need like fire and reactive systems to like move around and that system cannot work in water. You can't have simultaneous a craft that can operate in water and in space and on land at all the same way or in air, should I say not land. But if they were able to figure out how to manipulate gravity, for instance, they would be able to travel, you know, deep into the water as long as their, their air, like the ship that they use can deal with that kind of pressure, fly into space, fly in the air, you know, move freely without any difficulty whatsoever. So I don't know. Maybe wouldn't it be funny if we found like this, these entities, not from like looking into space, but look, just looking into our oceans and just learning more about what's underwater. They say that we know more about space than we do about the, like our ocean and like what's inside of it, which is just insane. But again, like if you listen to yesterday's podcast, I honestly don't think that extraterrestrial life really is what we're seeing. I think it's more like time travelers. I think it's like people from the future that are, that have figured out how to travel through time and, Maybe our 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 remnants of ourselves, and are are trying to learn more about past history. And so, what better way to learn history than to travel to those time periods and do research on them? And maybe they know because it's just it's weird that, like I said in yesterday's podcast, if it was like actually true extraterrestrial life, why would they be afraid to just intermingle with people? Why not like be more embedded in in society? It's, they have nothing to fear because they know their technology is more advanced than ours. So what is it? What's stopping them from just like coming in and saying like, hello to the whole world and just saying like, hey, we, we exist. Like any any discovering party would never hide themselves. They pretty much are just like, hey, you know, we're from blah, blah, blah. Maybe they're intimidated by our technology. Maybe our technology to them seems so foreign that it, it seems like something that could do harm to them. I don't know. Who knows? But that's what allows me to have some some thought that it's not us or it's not aliens, but it's like some something related to humans that is just out there observing us, waiting for some moment to maybe reveal themselves or or just waiting for the right moment to harvest us. Who knows? I mean, you could just think of a million different things. But I, in this podcast, I kind of wanted to just share um, where my fascination for the subject came from it really started with that sighting that i had as a kid i love space but the idea of things living in space didn't happen until i had that sighting and then i started to learn more about aliens and started learning more about like secret conspiracies and from there i started to learn about the truths like certain truths that are we are legitimate things that our government has revealed and what isn't and trying to navigate that space because it is pretty complicated but this whole week has just been really great to just reminisce on all of that. And so uh, I thank you guys for listening to to me talk about just like extraterrestrials for a week. And um, it is fascinating. And like I said, in, in the next 180 days, we're going to find out more about what our government knows, at least what they want us to know that isn't classified. So definitely something to stay tuned to and, you know, take our mind off of COVID-19. But Thank you guys so much for tuning into this podcast. Thank you guys for supporting. I've I, I've uh, heard some some people just like wanting to know a little bit more about my thoughts on, on things. And so that's why I did yesterday's podcast. And it's just been great to just hear from some of you just saying like, hey, keep it up. Um, it's definitely a, a strong motivator to just keep it going. Um, I enjoy doing this. 
And so in the past few days as well, it's just been super difficult for me. There's a lot of things I'm working on at the moment and just my mind has been on that, but I just don't want that to affect like this podcast. Um, but it's just, it's just, everything's working out great. So ultimately thank you guys so much for supporting me and love you guys. And until tomorrow, I will catch all of you then manana. Bye guys.